Feminist Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting fire hose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week, we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue. We feel like it, we call out terrible things happening <laughs> the top headlines, and a same Welcome, beloved listeners, uh, to another installment. Uh, here we are. Here we are. Here and we are. Here um, we're going to be talking about uh, Martin Luther King Jr., his legacy, the sort of like co-opting and misrepresentation of it, and, and all that jazz in this episode. Um, but in terms of convos at the top, I feel like we need to have a whole episode on this potentially but i have just i think it was two weeks ago i saw that in the u.s there were like three or four um men who murdered their entire families um like yeah wives and children and then when i went to look it up to check what the number was i saw like six hours ago something posted from ohio where someone did it again and then um yeah, so, and then I saw a research study about, um, this was like five seconds ago, so I didn't read it <laughs> out. <laughs> but like, who is most likely to commit these kinds of, what type of man does this? So, so yeah, that could be interesting to talk about in the future. But um, violence against women, as always, mm. uh, persists. Um, and I don't know if it's more, if there is like an uptick or if it's just, for some reason it's it got reported and it's not always reported or what but it seemed to me like like it was happening more at least I was reading about it more mm-hmm. um but it could also be the algorithm knowing that I like was looking at <laughs> looking at homicide stuff <laughs> not like nothing creepy but the, we all know the Moscow Idaho murders looking at that yeah. stuff I don't know if now the algorithm is like oh you like murder and like actually I yeah. hate it and I shy away from reading that stuff generally, but, um, yeah. Yeah. And there's others we're going to talk, um, in a future episode about what's going on in Afghanistan. Um, but it does, it does feel like, I don't know. I've never really felt like we're safe as women. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm, it, it feels like there is sort of a, um, potentially a pushback happening around the world yeah yeah like a violent backlash to people um this latest wave of demanding you know equal equal rights equal equal pay Mm -hmm. equal status uh you know equal economic economic opportunities and kind of the same way with um you know black lives matter movement before that obama Mm -hmm. being president like there's just like it'll be so interesting and probably really depressing to zoom out on this, on this um, moment when it's in actually situated in history, like, you know, what the fuck's going on right now? It just feels like quite turbulent. It sure (laughs) does. It sure does. Um, Yeah. Another thing we're going to talk about in a future episode was like the AI chat bots and all that stuff. And it really does feel like we're at this moment um in history and I don't know like I don't know how they felt about other moments in history where I can see a path optimistically where technology and science and good people and good ideas like somehow get us on a better path like you know like the ozone layer is doing better we love to hear Mm. it um but I see another path that's oh very very bad and ends with very very bad things for most if not all of us and I don't really know if there is a middle path, but maybe uh, there is. I, yeah, maybe, maybe there is. Uh, I hope that there is, but I, there's something really like there's some sort of overstimulation happening too that makes it hard to. Uh, I don't know. There's well, yeah. I guess like I mean, and TikTok's a great example. Like mm-hmm. all that's coming through, all that you're seeing. Um. I mean, it's kind of like social media. It just happens to be the one that most recently I've been like, this is incredibly jarring. It's like funny video, Mm -hmm. true crime, Moscow, Idaho, deep dive. Um, And then I don't know if you, 
heard about that horrific um, crash in Nepal. Oh my, yes. She became a pilot because her husband was yeah. a pilot. And then I was like deep diving on why it's so dangerous to fly, fly in yep, Nepal. That whole thing. Yep. <laughs> then I was like, I've never, I, I would love to visit Nepal, but now I'm terrified of flying. Yeah. Uh, I was, I had read a bit about it and then separately was just on my for you page on TikTok. Like I very rarely am looking for any specific content unless it's a recipe. That's what I would search. Mm-hmm. So there's no other way that they would know that I had just read about Nepal, but maybe it just was popular. Um, I scroll and the next video is this man from India who's on a plane live streaming. No, no. I read about the live stream. I didn't know. I didn't know what I was looking at. That's horrifying. Just reading about it was like, I didn't even want to have read it. Yeah. And we thought that they were just landing the plane because they crashed so close to landing and then it's like fire, right? Yeah. Yeah. I see what I couldn't tell. And then I was so horrified that I didn't, um, I didn't go back to check. I didn't know at the time whether or not he knew it's unclear to me whether or not he was live streaming because he thought they were landing because they were very close to landing Mm -hmm. or, was he live streaming because he thought there was a problem? It was hard to tell. He didn't mm. seem like he was panicked until the very end when you couldn't see his face. He like turned it around and then you hear something. And in the comments, like people were saying like, oh, he was saying, you know, something about what he was saying in whatever language he was saying, it indicated there was some panic at the very end. But then it's just like, then it's just like fire it's just fire and air and like screaming or like panic, but then it's just fire. It's like silent. Um, and all the while I'm, I'm sort of like, what just happened? What, what, what did I just watch? And mm-hmm. TikTok is so surreal or like there, it's a surrealist type of experience. You don't know if you're getting something fucking traumatic or, something funny or something interesting mm-hmm. to learn from. And I mean, that's probably the worst one I've ever seen. Um, like, yeah, no, easily. That was someone live streaming their death. I mean, that's easily the worst thing I've ever seen. But I think it's also speaks to something really dark about where we're at in this moment, because I saw that I felt deeply unsettled and I've thought about it periodically, but I did like generally move on with my day in a way that pretty like now that I'm thinking about it like uh, very black mirror very dark Um, yeah I mean it's the fact that it's even available like I understand if they uploaded it originally like they're streaming right but like the fact that it's still available and being shown to people like that uh it's spooky and it grosses me out and like I feel like you should have to opt in to see those videos if they're going to exist um yeah because like it's spooky to think that we can just watch people die and then like and then they'll show you like another video you know like a golden retriever video it's yeah it's like um tiktok let's uh circle back to that horrifying thing that you just showed me um yeah no, that's horrifying. I mm, now I'm now I'm now I'm even more scared to go on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I would say especially because of those types of things, which don't happen super often. There are some things that are interesting. I mean, God, maybe like at some other point we could just. I mean, the free association that's happening when I think about TikTok and all the weird. Like, there are some things that are so funny. Like, I'm in stitches. I feel like my day has been enhanced. I can't mm-hmm. wait to send it to other people. The last couple of times I've been at my brother's and my parents, we will like project someone's phone and just send and like watch TikToks. And it's very funny. It's like a fun experience, but that's because we've all curated which ones we're going to show each other. Yeah. Um, I noticed that on my fiance's, which he hasn't been on very much. He downloaded it recently because he got tired of like trying to find trying to look on browser windows Mm -hmm. his and I guess my brother has the same issue because he brought it up like separately is like TikTok after dark you know it's like if if they know that you're a man and and you're between the ages of say like 20 and like 
God, I don't know, hundred. Like basically, if you're a man on TikTok, twenty to death, yeah, yeah. Um, it was like so many butts and boobs, and like, like not like it, totally pornographic, but it was just not TikTok that I had ever experienced. And so seeing what it was pumping out at him, like all these different, like just there was like a girl like such a low cut top like golfing, and I was so now my joke I've been like. Boob golf, like all you want is a boob golf girl. Like he's an <laughs> avid golfer. <laughs> so, um, but there's other stuff on TikTok that's fascinating to me. That's like people getting themselves into really dangerous scrapes. That um, mm. because people are always on their phones, so every so so much more dangerous shit is captured. Like, yeah. and there's certain songs that people will put danger like it'll catch on like, Oh, it's like, there's a song right now. That's like, and the train keeps rolling. Like, I don't know. It's like a really weird song. It's like, I can see the train a coming. I don't know. And then I like, love whatever it is. I love your rendition. <laughs> can I find that on Spotify or? Uh, yeah, I know you hashtag blessed hearing yeah. me describe this TikTok trend, but it's like, then it's like a tidal wave coming in and like almost someone almost drowns, you know? And you're like, what? Yeah, I don't. Happening? Yeah, I don't um, want to see that. I don't want to see those things. Yeah, and again, it's a moment where you're watching it because you're like, what is this? And I do have an, I have a fascination with like, um, I'll watch videos that are like, oh, you shouldn't go in the tide when it's like at this time, or this is an avalanche and this is how to avoid it. Those types mm-hmm. of things are interesting, but there's a real fine line between like someone getting swept up in an avalanche, which I also saw recently. They did, they lived. Thank God. God. There's been only one death that I witnessed. Uh, Jesus Christ, even saying that like, um, but everything else is more like, Oh, it's a cautionary tale. The tide came in really fast. That's why you shouldn't be here or whatever. Mm. Um, and in an era where there's so much live streaming, so much access to information, uh, yeah, I I mean, TikTok is just like breaking everyone's brains. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's and I mean, it sounds like genuinely potentially helpful to have like information about like how to avoid X, Y, or Z. But like when someone's death becomes entertainment, um, uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know TikTok, but. One of these days, I'll I'll get back on and because I remember when I was using it for a minute, like I was having fun and like I you know I didn't see any boob golf or death, but yeah. Um, <laughs> and normally I don't. That's yeah, why I'm no. still on it. <laughs> yeah. No, and they pro- that a lot of people probably saw that too. You know, because yeah. I don't think the algorithm was like you know who wants to watch someone die on a plane. Yeah. This bitch. It's Not like, me. No, she she don't. No. Promise you, she doesn't. Um. Yeah, the algorithm is is interesting and scary. It's interesting how like some parts of it are so specific, like they feel so specific to us as individuals, and some mm-hmm. parts are just like, like you said, male between ages of <laughs> whatever and death, and these yeah. boobs, you know, like yeah, um, it's it's interesting how they kind of how they do that to us. Oh, God, yeah. what a, what is our future? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Should we? dive into our past yeah Um, let's do it love it love it yeah so martin luther king jr day obviously was a couple days ago um as happens annually and it's a national day of service and it's also a time where um people like to post quotes um and (laughs) and people who like Mitch McConnell's and, and people like that like to um, knowingly misinterpret and misrepresent mm-hmm. um, his words and his legacy and kind of like whitewash and like um, I'm trying to think if there's a word for docile docilize yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. him to and just really not even misrepresent his words but sometimes kind of flip them on their head and make them mean the opposite mm-hmm. um and it's been happening i mean i when i was looking into stuff there was like an article or like a research paper from 1994 talking about this so it's not like a new thing um mm-hmm. 
but I think just with the pervasiveness of social media, probably, um, and how public figures are even more public and, and how they get their messages out. Like I've, or maybe just because I see things differently than when I was younger. Um, I feel like I've been seeing it more, you know, this year, the past couple of years, I feel like I've seen a lot more, um, not only misrepresentation of his words, but also like a bit of backlash to it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, they like to, I mean, they like to stick to things like color blindness and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like uh, the line about like, not judging his, not judging children by the color of their skin, by, by the content of their character like it's used to argue against affirmative action or like any sort of like idea that is based in race to correct injustices. And it's like on its face, it's absurd to do that because he was a civil rights leader Mm -hmm. speaking about racial inequity. And so obviously to speak about racial inequity you have to acknowledge race. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, the, I, and it's also like, I, I want to avoid speaking on behalf of Martin Luther King yeah. Jr. But there's enough like that he said where it's like, we can just speak from his actual words and his actual, you know, um, philosophies without like cherry picking things here and there. And it's like, logically, if somebody is speaking about the inequities and the racial disparities, when they talk about judging somebody by the content of their character, they're not talking about ignoring race. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no. And that's what I feel like that's one of the ones I see repeated um, pretty, pretty often. Um, and it's just, and like speaking out against critical race theory and like having Martin Luther King Jr. as like the backup for that. And it's like, no, he also like, none of this is is based in in reality my friends and it's such a like a blatant misrepresentation um and it almost it feels like that like i have a black friend narrative mm-hmm. you know where you're like well this guy said this thing yeah uh, so vote for me ted cruz you know i don't actually have any examples of ted cruz using his words in that way but i wouldn't be surprised if he did He's I'm just, sure he tweeted like "Happy I'm Martin sh- Luther King Day" yesterday. Yeah. Or, oh, and know. apparently two states had like Robert E. Lee Day on the same day. Yeah, as oh, MLK, I which, saw that. Yeah, which I didn't Uh-oh. realize initially. Um, I want to say it was Alabama and somewhere Is else. It, I, oh yeah, Alabama and Mississippi. Alabama. Yes. Okay, oh, I wasn't just being nice. Because uh, it's like, is it Robert E. Lee's birthday? Is that why it was like? I mean, not. It doesn't. It does not. It's not okay. I'm just wondering. Is it like? Is there a reason or is it just Robert? <laughs> I mean, the I don't know why um, that they rep, why they, um, like, why don't we Google Robert E. Lee birthday? I don't know if it's, or it's a battle January 19th. So uh, okay. not, so not tomorrow. technically, yeah. but, oh God, I mean, around the same time. Um, and a lot of, apparently a lot of the states that celebrate, I mean, everywhere celebrates Martin Luther King Jr. Day, but tons of states also celebrate other confederate holidays they don't just happen to fall on the same day like in alabama and mississippi which is just yeah. like oh you guys you're really you're missing you're missing the mississippi in the mark here yeah i was looking at an article on like the misunderstanding of king's legacy mm-hmm. and uh the one person wrote and i'm can't find the I'll try to shout out the author in a second but um he basically said that I mean Reagan who uh we can trace a lot of like sort of skillful uh warping of what it means Mm -hmm. to be an American and what American values are um he also did that with Martin Luther King Day which I didn't know um that apparently uh, he was initially against there being a Martin Luther King Day and then agreed to it in his second term. And when he signed the bill in 1983, he said, quote, 
now our nation has decided to honor Dr. Martin Luther King by setting aside a day each year to remember him and the just cause he stood for. We've made historic strides since Rosa Parks refused to go back to the back of the bus. As a democratic people, we can take pride in the knowledge that we Americans recognized a grave injustice and took action to correct it. And we should remember that in far too many countries, people like Dr. King never had the opportunity to speak out at all. Like, and so this guy says Reagan's genius was to frame King's story as another example of American exceptionalism, like, which is so, uh, I mean, it feels like there are layers to what he was, Reagan was saying that include American exceptionalism, but it's also a huge pat on the back. Like in some senses, it feels like Martin Luther King day is used for people, for a lot of white people to feel maybe way better than we should about the strides that have been made Mm -hmm. uh and it is odd and i think um martin luther king's daughter tweeted something to this effect but like that her um father was like incredibly unpopular you know when he was assassinated um oh yeah she said uh when my father was assassinated, a poll reflected he was among the most hated in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is pretty rich when all the Republicans, DeSantis and Governor Abbott, both had like Martin Luther King tweets. You know, it was that they, they would have hated him. They would have been against him. They would have opposed him in in his time. And, you know, if they were all contemporaries. Um, so. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know why Republicans are in such a clamor to try to claim or reclaim, you know, Martin Luther King Day and his legacy as if it's something that they uh, support year round. Right. It's like he was pretty Mm -hmm. anti-capitalist. He spoke out about uh, against police brutality. you know, economic injustices, economic disparities, the need to redistribute wealth, um, like all of these ideas that were like central to his, um, what he was speaking about and advocating for go so against what these Republicans and these, and some moderate quote unquote moderate Democrats, um, speak about when they're speaking about him. It's, it's, because it's not it's not just like cherry picking things he said it's it's misrepresenting them and like ignoring parts of what he said that paint a completely different picture um Mm -hmm. than how they're representing it and it's become so commonplace um and it's like i have a dream speech which is like cited as like really inspirate which i mean it was an inspirational speech but like it was speaking to the fact that like we aren't doing the right things and that like shit's fucked. And like the dream yeah. is that like, we will actually um, be a country built on like equality and equity. Like we like claim to be, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's based out of the um, sort of the, the failings of our, of our country. Um, so yes, you can be inspired to do better by thinking and reflecting on the ways that we failed, but it's like, no, it's like the Republicans are just like, and some, and other people are just <sighs> like, you know what? We need to be colorblind. Yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. would have hated affirmative action and critical race theory. It's like, no, actually, um, <laughs> not, not true at all. Um, there, you know, he spoke to the inequities in education, um and and spoke to them in the context of black students receiving being in schools that receive less funding um, and that leading to certain achievement gaps and really pointed to like structural inequities um as the root cause of so many problems and pointed to the fact that we were this country was built on racism, which is something that is so uncomfortable for so many people to come to terms with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's such a disgrace to him and his legacy to to, misrep- to misrepresent him so much um, because it's it's 
Just like they decided that they were going to take certain things he said, run with those, you know, redact, yeah. <laughs> redact the critical parts of it. And um, yeah, like I said, just kind of like whitewash and, and change the message. And, and even the bits about like uh, peaceful protesting, which of course, yeah. yeah, he was an advocate for nonviolence, but he said when words don't work, action needs to be taken. You know, and it's like yeah. the same people that are tweeting about MLK's I Have a Dream are probably like, why did Colin Kaepernick kneel? You know, which, by the way, you know, is a peaceful protest. Exactly. It's it's just an action rather than and, you know, and of course, the like letters from Birmingham jail, like the, the famous quote about like the white moderate. And let me see. If they... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. If you have that quote, that's such a good one. Yeah, first, I must confess that over the last few years, I've been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. Um, I've almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in the stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klanner, but the white moderate who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I can't agree with your methods of direct action who paternalistically feels he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by the myth of time and who constantly advises to wait for a more convenient season. Mm. Um, which is exactly like, and that's the thing that's is it's like, what is now? That's, that's what we're dealing with. That's specifically who is misusing his words is the is the white moderate is the person who is saying like, Oh sure. But we're, I'm colorblind. We're all equal. And it's so, enraging to me and i'm sure to so many people to see that because it's it's just so fucked up and so missing the point and so representative of the kind of like hypocrisy and lack of real understanding or if there is understanding like a lack of morality um mm -hmm. in these people to be repeating messages that they that either they know to be false or that they are so ignorant um and they're in positions of power and public service that mm -hmm. I think mean they shouldn't be ignorant to what he was actually saying, you know? And it's, it's yes. just so, it's so, it's so on the nose to the kind of shit that these, these people do, um, where they, they'll just post a quote without any context or, or understanding. And yeah, it's gross. Yeah. I, hit the nail on the head I mean I think you like it feels like looking back and I think a lot, we learn when we learn about the civil rights movement we're thinking about uh MLK and Malcolm X basically as like mm -hmm. two ways of doing things you know yeah they really <laughs> um, they kind of pit them against each other right right yeah. and like when in fact often they are not I mean they are they are for, for sure not um, against each other and we're working towards very similar, the same goals, different means sometimes, but like it's all way too reductive to boil it down to that. Like, well, MLK, uh, you know, Malcolm X was violent uh, and endorsed, you know, violent uprisings and MLK didn't. Uh, their quote, a quote from MLK is that, a riot is the language of the unheard, which I, you know, he, uh, he said urban riots must now be recognized as durable social phenomena. They may be deplored, but there are, they are, and should be understood. Urban riots are a special form of violence. They are not insurrections. The rioters are not seeking to seize territory or to attain control of institutions that kind of gave me chills because I thought, mm -hmm. well, there we have it. MLK like mm -hmm. reaching forward and explaining to the people who fucking need this explanation, the difference between a riot that breaks out at, you know, a black lives matter March, which by the way, 97 or 98% of all nationwide, like black lives matter protests had absolutely no, no disquietude at all at mm -hmm. all. So already we're talking about the smallest of the small and often that was instigated by police or instigated by conservatives um it mm -hmm. was there's lots of reasons why those things can go south and it's usually almost 100 percent not the fault of the people who are marching um but to distinguish immediately the difference between that 
and the actual insurrection at the Capitol, where they were trying to seize territory, attain mm-hmm. control of an institution, overturn a democratic uh, outcome of an election. Huh. So, like, hmm. <laughs> I just thought that was so interesting. And I, I feel like I, <laughs> I remember when I, around when Biden got elected and I was feeling really like just depressed. <laughs> um, yeah, better him than the other guy, but I mean, fuck, yeah. it's this where we're, yeah. I think it was, I think when I wrote, I wrote a medium piece cause it was right before it was right official that mm-hmm. Biden got elected. And I just thought like, I can't believe that it was this close again. I can't believe that more people net net voted for Trump than last time. Like mm-hmm. that's crazy. So I was kind of trying to parse through it. And I just feel like, uh, the when King said a, a riot is the language of the unheard, I think like defund the police often. And I think I wrote this like I I think defund the police is a call from a helpless from people who feel helpless and desperate and angry and upset. And like for uh, the majority of people that are saying defund the police or the people in 2020 that were crying out for it, that I think included us. I'd, I'd actually love to go back I, and see. We were, ex- I know. still say defund the police. I just don't mean we shouldn't have any police ever anywhere. I just right. think like look at our budgets. That's right. And so, look at what we're investing in and like tactical gear versus like education and healthcare. Right. And yeah. That's what I mean. Like that is taking siphoning resources away or like reallocating but it's not meaning like defund in the sense that there's no police ever and that there's no role for police I think there is but it's way it looks way 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 different in an ideal Mm -hmm. world a world that I think we can fucking build and people like it is achievable if we all agreed we could absolutely build it we could totally do it and you by the way like I think that I think I just think like police policing there are so many different ways that it can should change and people that like there just shouldn't yeah anyway we don't have to get into conversation on that but there's so many different ways that it can change but the discussion of defunding the police just like um when things get out of hand in a riot or at a at a march like people are not feeling heard and mm-hmm. they're feeling like there is such a grand, the grand scale of injustice demands a grand statement. Mm-hmm. And so like defund the police is people saying like, we have had it with the police or police violence and overstepping. And uh, we're ready for uh, like, let's like put this conversation on its head and have a different conversation, which I have huge empathy for. And I am, makes me sad that uh, when people are casting their vote, Ultimately, even if they feel frustrated by Democrats, even if they feel like, uh, you know, well, I don't really want to defund like the police in terms of I don't want there to be no police. Like I want there to be some sort of I want to feel safe and I want to whatever. Like just not being able to kind of distinguish between like what's a rallying cry and then and like what could and and like you'd cast your vote for a Republican, you know, or you'd cast your vote for a conservative and mm-hmm. rather than feel like, look, most reasonable people want to feel safe. Like, and so that's just, it's just a question of like, how do we do that differently? Right. Um, and like, who does the police make feel safe and how do we, right. she, how are police officers hired and how are they trained and what are they responding to? And do we have an, do we have like well-trained cops with guns to respond to those extreme instances where they're needed which are like that exists absolutely mm-hmm. that exists but there's also situations where like there needs to be someone who's specially trained and I mean ideally cops would be trained in this too but like who are specially trained in responding to someone in a mental health crisis or someone who's hot you know it's like they're all there are so many different facets to it and it's such a willful misunderstanding from the right mm-hmm. um on the defund the police narrative and there were so many like i feel like think pieces and talks about like well we need to change the wording around it but like there's no which i understood to a point but it's also like there's no way we can say it where certain people are going to be cool with it because it's just yeah. like it's so deep rooted in their beliefs and their and I, I have to say like i there have been these um not exactly where i live but close enough there have been these um, 
robberies of like women in their cars at knife point um and you know, no one's gotten hurt it's been like you know carjackings and stealing shit or whatever but it, you know when i went to the um grocery store the other day i there was a cop car like in the parking lot and i parked next to it mm-hmm. and i had a very like vivid thought of like i am a i am very privileged that like as much as i ca- i can speak out against the cops and I do believe in what I'm saying like mm-hmm. push comes to shove if I were being robbed and a cop saw it they'd probably help me because yeah like I'm a young white blonde woman and mm-hmm. I chose to park next to the cop car mm-hmm. whereas for a lot of people that would be a risk that they mm-hmm. took and yeah. they'd be safer probably parking somewhere else Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt kind of gross in that moment, you know, I was like, yeah. oh, I'm like, but then it's like the police are supposed to protect and yeah, but they don't protect everybody. And like, they also, I mean, I don't know. It was a, it was a moment. Um, but yeah, I think it, for me, it's, there's so often willful misunderstandings from the right. And that includes, well, defund the police. We don't have any police. And da, da, da. It's like no one, almost fucking no one is saying we shouldn't have any sort of law enforcement anywhere ever. Like, you fucking assholes. That's not a thing. And now you've made that narrative. Just right. like willfully misunderstanding MLK Jr.'s words and and messages and every fucking other thing. And it's so frustrating because it's just like the obfuscation of facts mm-hmm. to better serve themselves in a really blatant way that certain people just lap up. Mm-hmm. Just like we would all be so much better off if we just didn't fucking believe the bullshit. Yeah. You know? And then of course they'd be like, well, but I think what you're saying is bullshit. It's like, read the facts, honey. Like, yeah. Like re- read the room. Like what's actually happening? What do we have data to support? What did he actually say? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think some, I think a lot of the politicians who bring those messages forward know what they're doing and they're making choices, concerted efforts towards certain things. And I think a lot of the people who follow those politicians just believe what they're saying and they don't check into it. And I feel like that's going to be our downfall is these like a mixture of intentionally shitty people mm-hmm. with unin- like unintentionally shitty people who are we're not necessarily shitty people, but I mean, depending on what we're talking about, maybe shitty maybe yeah. not shitty and misdirected <laughs> all right. on the topic but right. like this combination of people is going to be the fucking death of us all yeah yeah <sighs> right i think there's a lot of issues with um it, it, well it's just yeah it's very it's very complicated otherwise it would otherwise maybe we would have solved it um i especially thinking about defund the police and um, all that that is loaded with and all that that entails. Yeah. Uh, but it does kind of feel like uh, I was reading a different article that talks about uh, like patronizing, a tone of patronizing that kind mm-hmm. of comes from talking about MLK the way that we do and and like how softened this this how softened and sort of palatable this day is or is mm-hmm. supposed to be for, or like not I mean it's not supposed to be but it just kind of like is perceived as like this soft um he is a like quote unquote soft figure kind of easy to um ingest and understand mm-hmm. what his what he was trying to work for um and in fact like what he's like his his work continues today and it's uh perhaps seems more like the rhetoric seems more vicious and and more biting because Mm -hmm. like it's been how many years since his death like 60 or 70 Mm -hmm. years like and we're still dealing and and there's there's so many issues that that need to be resolved and who said is it audra lord that said the master's tools will never dismantle dismantle the master's house like I mean I think there's I I understand that I understand Mm -hmm. that I mean the 
infrastructure of people who are in power not like only wanting to give dribs and drabs of power to other people. And as soon as there's like ripples, they take it away or they, you know, they find someone who's like the most palatable version. Um, This is, I am fully not equipped to have this conversation today, but it's making me think, have you read some of the people are like really upset at Mindy Kaling? Oh, no, I've been watching Sex Lives of College Girls recently. Oh, yeah? I just started because Kofi was like, watch it. It reminds me of Classy Spaceship. And I'm like fucking hooked now. Oh, really? Is it kind mm-hmm. of like Classy Spaceship? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's not like when I went into it after he said that, I was like expecting the four characters to be us. And like, that's not. I God, I hope it's not. It's like, which one? Is, uh, but um <laughs> But certainly, certainly reminiscent in a lot of ways and felt like really like true to I, I just I, when I saw the name of the show, I wasn't that like interested in watching it. Yeah. But I like, you know, I like Mindy Kaling, I think. I don't know. Tell me what she I know. did. Um, well, but yeah, watch it. Please watch it. I would like to watch it. I've heard good things about the first season. Um, and I think that from the very, very briefest like way that this has kind of come up for me on Twitter and TikTok, people mm-hmm. seem like it seems like she has um so the Velma almost, show people are mad about? I don't know. It almost seems like it's more of her vibe. She's sort of whitewashed herself. Like uh, in oh. like making herself and like made herself thinner and made herself like and, and there's just I've just noticed like people um and just because she's become really wealthy and it yeah. seems like she's kind of like I don't know what it is, and so I, I'm not prepared to like. Fillers, I, lost weight, and Botox would be my guess. I say totally like lots of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yes, I think that's, I think that's all definitely happened. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, just recently, I thought I thought that there seemed to be sort of like a community that is sort of feeling like she's gone too far or something and I don't really I I don't have enough information to say but I was kind of like this feels like it's popped up enough times recently that I don't know if she said something specific or Mm -hmm. been particularly like frustrating for people but uh maybe I she she just comes up because she was probably the most recent person where it feels like maybe when you get enough money and power you kind of like will want to adapt so that you're not someone who's so that you're kind of a part of the structure as opposed Mm -hmm. to bringing in more people and rocking the boat or something. But again, like I should literally fucking stop talking about it because I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, it's Uh, like, I think it it depends too. It's like who, I I feel like her writer's rooms are probably still diverse and it's like, I'm never at this, I'm never going to like shit on a woman for, doing any of those things it's like I can understand being disappointed if you were someone who really like identified with her and then she went and changed her appearance and you're like you told me this was fine and then like you're a hypocrite you know like I can understand like a personal hurt coming from that yeah but I don't think we can criticize women for adhering to that shit no way have the ability to because we talked about that other episode it's like it's basically like backed by science that when you do those things people treat you better and they view you as smarter and more more authoritative like which is gross and like yeah we should fix the system but I'm not you know I'm not gonna fault a bitch for trying to you know absolutely what she can to um but I will have to check I, I all I saw was like some um people that did not like her new show Velma okay but I don't I don't know enough about that either to to speak on it with any um, authority, but I definitely no. did notice her her look having uh, having changed, um, which it's yeah, which is pretty commonplace. I feel right. like if anything, I feel like she lasted a while, like <laughs> yeah. before making those changes, like being in the public eye. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's because like she's a woman of color or because she was coming from she was someone whose identity at least in the public eye was kind of built on at least partially on like I'm relatable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I, and you're right. Like never gonna, never gonna fault someone for trying to, uh, 
be what society tells you that you like from birth that you should be in order to have value and so like no way <laughs> you know yeah. it's like the Adele losing weight thing like people just, oh my people you know <laughs> yeah they had so many opinions um people love yeah love to talk about women's bodies and looks and what's wrong with them mm-hmm. um they do but there was one thing that speaking to like MLK and the day of service and all that stuff. Yeah, it's back to MLK. <laughs> it's all related girl. <laughs> In this wild world. Um, and it, so, uh, you know, like we were talking about, it's become a day of service, which like no one's like, boo service. Um, but his quote on it was philanthropy is commendable, but it must not cause the philanthropist to overlook the circumstances of economic injustice, which make philanthropy necessary. Yeah. And I feel like that was like a really good way to put it where it's like, it is good to do good, but like going to the soup kitchen once a year, it's a nice thing to do that day. Um, But if you're ignoring and or actively participating in the system's that necessitate things like soup kitchens um you should take a look at yourself because and I think there's also like a the subset of people who do philanthropy to make themselves feel good which I mean I don't think it's bad I think if other if helping other people makes you feel good I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's a bad thing I think it's a, a very lovely thing but if you're doing it for like a photo op yeah or once a year and, and then you're not thinking about it ever again um right then that I think necessitates a little bit of introspection. And I feel like that's what those kinds of people do that misuse his words. They're like, Oh, I did this nice thing today and I took a picture of it mm-hmm. and I'm good for the year. Um, right. Now I'm going to go and vote against uh, all these, you know, I'm going to vote against things and, and ban uh, critical race theory in schools and, you know, yeah. Um, just kind of like missing the point. Totally. Totally. I'm glad you said that. I, would encourage anyone who's interested in that whole uh philanthropy and like the need the underlying need for philanthropy uh there's this book winner take all the elite charade of changing the world by anandjira doradas and he talks about how the global elites efforts to change the world um preserve the status quo he puts change the world in quotes to change the world preserve the status quo and obscure their role in causing the problems they later seek to solve um, so yeah, it's, um, I found it really interesting and depressing and also just very, very compelling, especially in a place like Seattle where we all know who like the richest fucking people are mm-hmm. and what their kind philanthropical, uh, philanthropical, you know, their kind philanthropic organizations and work, um, mm-hmm. while there's obviously the world is like burning around them. And even I would say Seattle is like, fucking crumbling while these it sounds bad over there girl it's not great it's not great so yeah like everyone be like Mackenzie Scott if you're rich yeah absolutely like I do I do enjoy seeing what she's doing and and kind of changing the game around philanthropy and be like oh I'm actually gonna just give it all away over time um and I'm sure she's still enjoying her fucking cheese plates and I'm sure she lives in a you know like yeah she's I'm she's sure fine. she's fine. <laughs> um, but it's like, that's, you know, I think we're all human. And if I won the lottery, sure, I would. I mean, I'd absolutely be philanthropic as fuck. Like, mm-hmm. I would make that my purpose. But I would also, you know, I'd, I'd get the fancy cheese at the store. And yeah, you'd get guac without thinking get, about it at Chipotle. Yeah, oh, it would be an add-on, no questions, like... When my leggings have holes in them, I'd be like, I'm going to get new leggings, not let's see how far into the fucking ground I can wear these bad boys. I know. (laughs) Now they're shorts. (laughs) They just Uh. decayed at the knees enough, you know, Um, things like that. But it's like we shouldn't even exist. Yeah, yeah, it's all broken. Everything's broken. Um, Oh, my gosh. uh, And one last thing I um, wanted to mention about MLK jr and his words um after his i have a dream speech a few years later he was interviewed by nbc news and he said that dream i had that day has at many points turned into a nightmare and he's talking about the persistency of discrimination poverty Mm -hmm. the vietnam war 
et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's not, I feel like people, certain people just point to his, I have a dream speech, completely misrepresent it and then end it there. And that was who he was. And it's like, no, it's, I, he existed on a continuum and he spoke about a lot of things with great depth. Um, and many of those things called into question, um, a lot of the systems that still persist today that, um, inherently discriminate against people of color, um, among other marginalized groups. So, mm-hmm. <sighs> which is also <laughs> fucking bummer. It's you know? a bummer. We've made some progress, in, especially looking at certain laws. But then I also look at the Supreme Court. I'm like, what are you guys going to do? Yeah, um, oh, they're they're cracking. They're, they're up like, to They're doing this. They're stretching. They're they're cracking stretching their, their hammies. They're ready oh, yeah. for another fun. Oh. June is going to be fun. Amy Coney Barrett is lunging. She is preparing to oh, ruin our lives. Um, cap- yeah. Yeah, all of all those idiots. So, yeah, it's a it's. I don't know. I get like kind of depressed when I think about like his speeches because it's like, oh, he hit the nail on the head then. How yeah. many years, how many decades have passed? How many things have happened since then? He yeah. spoke about police brutality. <sighs> you know. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, <laughs> uplifting. <laughs> Basically, I feel like the best thing to do on MLK Day, if you're not going to volunteer and you're not going to, you know, if you're if you're sitting on your couch, just like and you're and you're like thinking we've made a ton of progress, maybe just like sit this one out and just like be silent. Like no one needs no one needs like the well, actually, like guy, you mm-hmm. know, um, and uh, I don't know. We should just think about how there's a, I, I feel like just reflecting on how there's there's a lot that's there's so much that needs to get done hot take that's why you come to fwm (laughs) the analysis you're Uh, giving the hot takes uh (laughs) racism still very bad yeah despite what despite what you saw on twitter on monday right Mm, although frankly if you saw it oh god we would be remiss if we did not mention that new mlk statue in boston excuse me like, I didn't even know that, that that I'm okay. not actually even on, like, I'm not even lurking Twitter much. So, okay. Well, this is lucky for you because there's this monument that got um, unveiled uh, in Boston. And I just, I mean, basically I think it's awkward. I think it's awkward. Um, it's, I don't really know what I'm looking at really. Two people hugging. Like, it's like, two arms like it's a sculpture of two people's arms hugging each other but <laughs> leslie, mm, <laughs> leslie just arms yeah like just disembodied like, arms let me google this yeah just keep google talking. it keep talking. so leslie gordon um was on the daily show i guess she guest hosted the daily show and she basically it's made it all week right oh yeah is it the whole week oh yes okay good oh i just googled it She like she makes it that like it's she's like has anyone been eaten out basically she's like because <laughs> that's what this is <laughs> yeah oh gosh um um oh and I just saw the picture it's supposed to be based off of oh mm. it's a sweet sweet picture of oh I'm gonna drop it in the drop it in the chat. Is it him hugging his, uh... Yeah. Yeah. It's a really lovely photo, but it looks fucked up. How do they, like... That's uh, a lovely photo. Yeah. Maybe someone should have sculpted that. Maybe. (laughs) Gosh. Oh, man. If you're going to, like, put all the the money and time into it, which I, I, like, I, I think it's... I think it's important. Like, I feel like it does matter who we have sculptures of and why and where they are and you know like fuck all the confederate sculptures right yes put up an mlk jr sculpture absolutely but this one who it's one of those decisions where you look at and you're like how many people said yes right um but maybe if we went in person it'd be different to me it looks like arms around a turd but oh yeah i hadn't even seen the turd because you can't see like a face all you see is like an oval yeah. With like human arms and hands 
around it. But yeah. you know me, I, no matter where I look, I see turds. So. <laughs> uh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just as embarrassing. Um, and, you know, I don't know. That's Yeah. That's, you would have hoped for a better... Yeah. I don't know who the artist was. Hopefully, I mean, what if it was like his his <laughs> granddaughter made it, and I'm like, well, fuck me, and shut my mouth because yeah. <laughs> I'm not an art critic. Um, I lovely, I'm it's there, not. beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. message. Just yeah, and also, I mean, sure, there's nothing wrong with a statue celebrating cunnilingus either. Um, no, there isn't. I mean, I, I don't. I, yeah, I, I don't think that was the intention. Though. Right. It's just maybe mm. not. You know, not as a part of MLK Day. I wouldn't like yeah. put the two vibing together in yeah. that way. I mean, I would hope so for yeah. any partners he had, but like, I don't think that's the statue moment necessarily. Although maybe yeah. it should be. Hey, you know what? Maybe it should be. <laughs> maybe that is a message we should be, you know, setting Although- in stone, so to speak. Then that reminds me, though, because wasn't he, like, unfaithful to his wife and the FBI, like, taped him cheating on his wife and then mailed it to her? Yeah, which also the FBI was shady as fuck. I know. That's, like, like that's so shady. There are, like, theories that, like, the U.S. government basically assassinated him. And it seems like there's some legitimacy to some of those theories. Um, I haven't done enough research into them to say one way or the other, but I'm not... Yeah a tinfoil hat person and what I have seen I'm like hmm. but they did do that to other people like Fred they Hampton did. you know they well, it's, it's they were out and about yeah and attempting awful. to like do character assassination like it's like yeah, if you're in a monogamous relationship and you cheat on your partner like that's a shitty thing to do um mm-hmm. but for the FBI like at that point it's like mm, does the FBI need to be involved does that they negate all the good work he that. did like no, no. People are three-dimensional, no. flawed people. I still remember my <laughs> one of my good friends in third grade. We were having a sleepover, and she like she's like, I have to tell you a secret. My parents told me you can't tell anyone, and it was that he, MLK cheated on his wife. Oh, I remember being, oh my god, really? <laughs> and it's just like sleepover drama. That's so funny, sleepover yeah, drama. It I was know, like. like- you know, I was like, whoa, he did? I mean, it was yeah. kind of like, oh, that sucks. But, I mean... Yeah, it's too bad, but it's not like... I mean, any <laughs> any sort of... None of us are perfect, and right. any of us, if we became public figures, if the FBI wanted to release something on any fucking one of us... Right. They could release something where you... They could. The public would be like, wow. Yeah. They did that, huh? Mm. Yeah. They could. They you know, could, it, doesn't, they could. it doesn't negate his uh, contributions. And if anything, it, it just makes me side eye the FBI. Uh, yeah, as they d- deservedly so. Yeah, I mean, like, good get lord. Of, get Don't be doing that. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. Would you FBI officers like it if people did that to you? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure not all of them were little faithful angels. So no. Anyway, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure there's not a 100% monogamy policy uh, within the FBI. Not that yeah. you have to be monogamous, but if you've agreed to be monogamous, then you should be. Right. Right. That's my precisely. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> but what do I know? Oh my gosh. Oh. Well, do we have we see you this week? Are we we see? Are we seeing things? Are we seeing people? <laughs> it's been a, you know, we're uh, it's a month, really. It's been twenty twenty three. You know, Off it's a roaring start. We're here. You know, um, I have ones I haven't done from past weeks. I could pull up. Um, <laughs> am I prepared for tonight's assignment? No, Maria. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, um no, let's like let's just let's just commit to, oh you know what we we have said this, we've now said this like two or three weeks in a row when we don't do we see Let's do let's it a third do or fourth. Like a we see you like bonanza because I do have Yeah, a I've whole got a backlog. Bunch. I have a backlog too, and I just want to like go through them and be like, hmm. And maybe we can each do like fucking 10 and it doesn't yeah. have to be long or something i don't know now everyone's yeah like quick but... rapid fire we see and then we each have multiple good things too oh i like that now will yeah. i be able to find multiple good things make I... it up bitch <laughs> 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 yeah okay perfect i like that idea oh um, i love that journey for us 
yeah, I don't know if I have a good thing even today. Uh, <laughs> like, let me pull up the old Instagram. The good, good, good news. Yep, the uh, the, <laughs> the fail safe. Wow, they haven't really posted much this year. <laughs> Does it boat? I, you know, I really don't. Uh, I guess you know what. I'm pretty mixed on how this year is going to go, but I hope it's going to be great. I really, you know what? Every year, every day is going to be a mixed bank. Um, But I think good things will happen. I hope so. 2023, I'm hoping is going to be a good year. I mean, there'll be, yeah, at the very least, it'll have to have good in it. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's in January. Who knows what's going to come? But if you start the year with low expectations, <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Not, nowhere to go but up. But yeah, I guess our good thing is go to good, good, good co on Instagram. And, and like wait for them to find something good. Peek around because we did not prepare that for this week because we have things going on, you guys. And. I really do. When I see something that's a really a good piece of news, I always save it. But yeah, me too. I just haven't seen anything. I haven't one. seen any no good things. <laughs> they're happening. They are sure. Um, I'm really racking my mind right now. I'm like, there's got. Mm. I guess a good thing is that we we have such a we have a really solid listener base, and I really appreciate that. You know, yeah, I was just. You know, stick around. Yeah, I was just um, reading some like podcasting statistics just about like the podcasting world more generally Mm -hmm. or more general. God, I guess it's time for me to sign off. But uh, the (laughs) podcasting world, there's I think 50 percent of all podcasts have like less than. 20 downloads a week or something like that like just oh, something dang. like okay. so, so we're like very fancy then <laughs> we're very fancy very fancy but you know art and then there's I mean just knowing generally kind of what some podcasts that are doing like okay have you know we're we're doing I don't know we have like a really nice solid solid base of listeners and it just like makes me happy people in Canada yeah. and Australia and New Zealand and Honestly, we've reached over, we've reached people in over 80 countries. Um, That's pretty cool. Um, It is. You know, fair, we have a fair amount of consistent listeners in the UK Mm -hmm. and a few in France, Spain, and Portugal. Um, It could just be like our friends who are traveling there, but (laughs) no, no, (laughs) No, it's more than that. It's definitely unique hits. Oh my gosh. (laughs) If any of you guys want to buy exclusive foot pictures, I'm looking to expand. kind of joking but if anyone makes me an if anyone's into any weird stuff where I don't have to show my face or like my body um but your foot's part of your body yeah but I mean I not I'm thinking like not I'm a thinking, coveted part I'm thinking my junk you know I'm trying to keep my trying to keep my junk out of it but like mama's looking to make some more money this year um I was googling foot stuff and I'm just like it seems like an oversaturated market um so if any you might listeners... have to just go deeper <laughs> well and it's like i have to get my and they're all like oh make sure you're freshly pedicured and i'm like i'm looking to make money not spend money you don't like i'm sure there's an audience for saddled dirty feet um so uh, 2023 <laughs> thanks for your loyalty listeners <laughs> Such She's a great way to end it. Yeah, it's great a good way. Thing. A good thing is that Erin is going um, is into the foot market. She's. Uh, I'm not in there yet because I find it prohibitive that I need to get my toes done first. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe I could be right. like, ooh, you can choose the color if you buy the pedicure. <laughs> but first I got to show my mm. little feeties out there and <laughs> they ain't done. So I don't I know. I mean, maybe like you'll need some seed investment for that. And uh, yeah. Then it will yield something. <laughs> I'm just looking to be an entrepreneur, and <laughs> I do have two feet. Oh so. my god! All right, all right. That's actually something for our um, frolic podcast network. You know, they're yeah, uh, they're very much more into the 
romance and ranch uh, market. <laughs> so maybe they can hook it up. <laughs> maybe they can hook it up. Yes, the romance of my little feeties. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that is going to wrap for us. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave it there. <laughs> Feminist Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Bye. Bye. Bye.